One of the things that makes experiencing motherhood so much easier is knowing what to expect. Often, the little we know, the more challenging the journey can be. Today, I wanted to create this podcast because I know there are millions of women today hoping to one day have a family and are excited for what is to come. And I also know that there are millions and millions of women who have had children and have realized that being a mother is nothing like they expected. And in fact, there is so much they wish they knew before having a baby. So today, I actually want to talk about the things I wish I knew before having a baby so that if you are either thinking about one day becoming a mom or you are someone that already has children and is thinking about having more or even if you don't want any more kids you can actually process some of the thoughts you've had and are better able to navigate the changes that you've been experiencing let's dive into this if you're new here welcome to the joe randall show a podcast for mothers to discover simple and easy ways to increase your feeling of joy every day i'm your host joe randolph i'm a well-being coach and i'm also a wife and mother that's obsessed with figuring out how we can create a healthier and happier life for ourselves but also for our families On this show, I share how we can have more joy in our relationships, in our family, in our career, and in our health. When you are pregnant, it's so easy to dive into thinking about your symptoms, how the baby is growing, what size they are, giving birth, what to put in a hospital bag, what type of birth you want, car seats, prams, the nursery breastfeeding, formula feeding, and also your body and how that's going to change and also how you're going to lose the weight and feel confident again. But actually, here's what I wish I knew. We can spend so much time in pregnancy researching. The challenge is is that when we focus on a lot of those momentary things because we are pregnant only for a moment. It's only a nine month period and then bam, hopefully you'll have a relationship with them where you continue to support them your entire life. And so what I find quite interesting is how so much of the focus when we become a new parent is on nine months and also arguably maybe the first six weeks or three months after giving birth when actually the essence of our relationship with our kids wasn't actually developed as much in the womb, but over the times that they are with us. And that is, you know, decades. So what I actually wanted to talk about is really the things I wish I knew on what to expect once you have given birth and your baby is in your life. Because here's what I actually wish I knew. I wish I knew my life was going to change in ways that were out of control. The funny thing is, is that so many people say having a baby changes your life. And I used to think that maybe they were a little bit pessimistic. But (laughs) what I didn't know is that actually having a baby would impact every area of my life negatively 
in some way. Now, before I dive into this, I do want to say that this is not a video to be pessimistic or negative about motherhood. Rather, it's to inform you on the challenges that may come so that you actually have the resources and the information, and you can also get the support to navigate the changes that come. Because what I know so many moms have felt is that actually I didn't know that being a mom would this would be this hard. There's often a saying that you can tell a mom how hard motherhood is going to be, but she won't really get it until she really experiences it. Well, actually, I challenge that. Even though it's true that we don't know how we will uniquely experience the journey of being a mom, what I do know is that if I would have had more information on the various experiences I could have, I would definitely have been able to cope with some of the challenges a little bit easier. And I would have also been able to maybe take preventative measures or proactive measures. And I would have been able to better support myself through the journey of being the mom I wanted to be. I've come to realize that having a baby is really an expansion physically, emotionally. It also requires an expansion financially, in your relationship, even in your own environment like your home. But actually, there are a lot of births waiting to happen in your life, and there are a lot of contractions that are on the way. Now, these contractions, these pains, this discomfort, you can feel in every area of your life. And what I'm going to do today is I'm actually going to walk you through the different ways being a mom can negatively change these areas of your life. Now, the first area is your physical body. When I say physical body, so many women already expect that their body is going to be different. They expect a weight gain. They expect stretch marks. They expect not feeling in love with their body after the baby is out. And that is something that you already know is going to happen. But what I wish I would have known is the various pains that can come during pregnancy and after pregnancy and also the various things I could have done to either prevent or minimize those pains and challenges and actually things I could have done to embrace my body a little bit more so that I actually felt at peace with my body during this change rather than feeling disappointment in my body. For example, if I was to think about exercising, I love exercising, but I also know that some moms, they exercise consistently during their pregnancy, and unfortunately, they end up developing diastasis recti. Any mom that has ever experienced this knows how challenging it is and also how life-changing it can be to get physiotherapy to help bring your muscles back together. And if there is a wide gap, it can make exercising difficult and it can cause so many other challenges in your day-to-day -day movement because your core uh, actually really needs support. It really needs those muscles together. And I'm not really going to focus on diastasis recti because that's a very specific thing that doesn't affect all women, but it's symbolic. It's symbolic of the fact that our body can experience changes and sometimes there are things that we can do in advance to either prevent or minimize 
these negative um, experiences that we feel as a direct consequence of pregnancy. Another example is symphysis pubis dysfunction, which is something that I had in my first pregnancy. I was able to move through it easily and effortlessly, minus the complications, which I'm not going to go into in too much detail, but I was able to move through it easily until, but then when I had my second pregnancy, I started developing pelvic pain and the pelvic pain was excruciating. It was like lightning crotch. It was like, I would walk around the house and all of a sudden I would be like, ah, like a stabbing pain and I'd find myself crawling on the floor. I'd find myself cooking in the most weird, awkward positions um, and I'd struggle to sit and it was really, really tough just to move around the house. Now, I had no idea that I could develop such um, a thing that comes from the joints, either moving unevenly at either the back or the front of your pelvis. And it's so common for women that are having their second children or their third children or their fourth children. And if I would have known that this is something that I should actually expect and that there are things that I can do to minimize it and I can sit in a certain way during the day and I can walk in a certain way and I can um, do certain exercises, then I, I would have done that. And that would have saved me a lot of discomfort. And so I think it's really important that even if you're researching and learning about the size of your baby and you're learning about how your baby is growing in your tummy, I think it's important to also set aside time for yourself and to imagine all the ways your body could change and all the ways your body needs support during this pregnancy. We know about pregnancy pillows. We know that it helps us to sleep better, but we need to kind of think a bit beyond that in terms of the support we physically need to support our body as it expands and it gets ready to give birth. In addition to the ways that we need support to heal after giving birth so that we actually feel at peace with our bodies and we are able to enjoy our C-section recovery or our natural birth recovery, really thinking about how we can support ourselves makes that pregnancy and postpartum period so much easier and also less painful. The second area that is affected is your hormones. So many of us know that our hormones are constantly changing during our menstrual cycle, our pregnancy, our postpartum and pregnancy. But what I wish I knew was how that would actually manifest in my day-to-day -day life, particularly after birth. When you give birth, midwives can warn you about baby blues, which are sudden hormonal and chemical changes that take place in your body after childbirth. Now they'll tell you that you might feel emotional, you might burst into tears for no apparent reason, you might feel irritable or touchy, or you might be in a low mood, or feel anxious, and they may even tell you what the difference is between postnatal depression and baby blues. But what they don't tell you is that you can actually also experience postnatal depletion. Dr. Oscar, and I really don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's Dr. Oscar Seralach, Cer <laughs> an Australian family physician who has studied and helped 
thousands of postpartum women with their physical and emotional health has seen that many women experience postnatal depletion that can lead to physical and emotional changes that can feel difficult. Now this can involve feeling tired, anxious, moody, having memory problems, having difficulty concentrating, even developing new health issues. And these symptoms can be there for years. And it's typically caused by sleep deprivation, hormonal changes, stress, and the physical demands of carrying a baby and not meeting your own physical needs. Knowing this, that I could have postnatal depletion for months or a year or more would have helped me to give myself permission to nap and also use nutrition and supplements to support my body, which is something that I really didn't think I needed. I thought, particularly with my first child, I was afraid of doing this because I thought I can't nap. Napping is gonna be um, difficult because I have so many other things to do. Who's gonna clean the house? Who's gonna catch up on errands? I need some me time to, I don't know, browse through Instagram. And I didn't allow myself to rest. But if I would have known about postnatal depletion, I'd have actually allowed myself to rest because I would have known that if I don't rest, if I don't eat the right foods, if I don't take the supplements, I'm actually making my experience a lot harder because I am going to be more tired. And actually, I don't want to feel as tired. And I would have felt good about making that rest and also investing in my nutrition and my diet and the supplements that I'm taking. The third area is also your emotions. Mothers can experience a wide range of emotions they didn't know they would feel when they are trying to conceive, also during pregnancy and postpartum. Mothers can feel anxious about their ability to care for their child, or worry about their child's health and safety or feel overwhelmed by the demands of motherhood. Moms can also feel guilty about not being able to do everything they wanted for their child, such as not being able to breastfeed, not being able to spend enough time with their child if they're working, or feeling like they're just not doing a good enough job as a mother. And you can also experience depression, which can lead to feelings of sadness and hopelessness and worthlessness. And this can also be especially true for mothers who are dealing with challenging circumstances, such as financial difficulties, relationship problems, or health issues. Mothers may also feel resentful if they feel like they're doing all the work for caring for their child and they're not getting enough support from their partner or others in their life. And you can also feel lonely, which I didn't expect. You can feel lonely on the days you spend communicating mostly with your child and not with an adult. And you can miss adult conversations about something that is not baby related, kind of like how you used to hang out with your friends or your colleagues. You can also experience a lot of anger. Mother rage is a term used to describe an intense anger so many moms feel and also frustration they feel in response to the stress and demands of motherhood. Now, some common symptoms of this could be yelling or screaming at your family members, feeling like you're about to lose control, lashing out physically, or simply experiencing racing thoughts or intense anxiety, or feeling ashamed about your outbursts. I wish I knew that not only would I experience some of these emotions, but actually, 
all of these emotions are common. It's not you. It's actually a natural reaction to all the changes in your life, particularly when you don't have the support. The next area is your relationships. Having a baby can have a significant impact on a marriage or relationship as it brings major changes and new responsibilities in both of your lives. It can shift priorities in a relationship. The arrival of a baby can shift your priorities and your partner's priorities as caring for a baby becomes the primary focus. This can mean less time and energy for the things you used to love to do together, your favorite activities, as well as changes changes to your social life as a couple and your relationship dynamics. Caring for a newborn can also involve sleepless nights, which can impact both of your moods and your energy levels. And it can also make it harder to manage stress and conflict, which can put strain on your relationship. With the added responsibilities of caring for a baby, both partners may also have less time and energy for open communication and emotional connection. And this can lead to misunderstandings or frustration, particularly if expectations for roles and responsibilities are not clearly defined or communicated. Now, pregnancy and childbirth and the demands of looking after a baby can impact your sex drive and your physical intimacy, particularly if you experience pain or discomfort or had a birth trauma. And this can be so challenging. And it's important to communicate honestly about any changes that you're feeling physically. Now, having a baby can also be expensive and the added financial stress of childcare, medical expenses, and other costs can put a strain on your relationship. And so all of this is a lot. You've got money problems, sex problems, time problems, um, uh, sleep problems, <laughs> fatigue problems, stress problems. That's a lot in for any relationship to cope with. The next area is your finances. Mother's financial situations can change significantly after having a baby for a variety of reasons. Firstly, it can reduce your income. Some moms either take maternity leave or work part-time or just take a break from working altogether to care for your child which can result in a reduction in your income. Then there's increased expenses. Mothers may face new expenses such as childcare, whether it's the cost of daycare, which is, or nursery, which is so expensive, or hiring a nanny, as well as additional expenses related to feeding, clothing, and caring for your child. Some moms may even experience changes in their employment, such as working reduced hours or a change in job responsibilities as a result of needing to balance their career with their family life. And it can also impact uh, your retirement savings, which is something I never really thought about because you're taking so much time away from work, you will end up having less in your pension. It's also worth noting that if you are a woman that values financial independence and you get confident when you make money and you feel more successful and you feel like yourself when you are receiving an income from 
doing your work or from doing something that you love, it can really be mind boggling when you become a mom and you take a step back because the minute you're not making an income or the minute your income is reducing because you are parenting full time or part time, it can really knock your confidence, which actually leads to your career. Your career could completely change as a result of being a mother. There's often a saying, women can do it all, have a career and have a family. No one questions a man about having it all. However, what I didn't know is that actually I wouldn't feel whole by having both. I'd actually feel more split, split between work and family. At work, you can feel like you're not giving it 100% because you need to leave early for the kids or take sick leave for the kids or... And if you're working from home, you're trying to juggle work with your kids and you can feel as though you're not as focused as you should be or as you were able to be when you had a life without children. At home, you can simultaneously feel as though you're not giving enough quality time to your kids and you're not uh, focused enough on them because your mind is thinking about work. Now this inner split can cause doubts. Am I doing the right thing? Am I in the right career? Is this career worth sacrificing my time with my kids? When it's not, it's hard to figure out what you're gonna do next. Should I leave my job? Should I change careers? Should I be a stay-at-home mom? particularly when you have young children and you need to think about childcare and what's in the best interests of your kids and yourself. At the same time, you could also feel inspired and motivated. Sometimes being a mom can make you dream bigger, think bigger, because you want to provide more for your kids. And you could decide to change careers and pursue something that you hope will bring your entire family more joy. Or you could decide to give it all up. Even if this is something you've always wanted or it's something that you've realized you want now, it can still be scary because your identity could be all wrapped up in being financially independent and it can be hard to have faith that your husband or your partner can provide everything you and your kids need and that you don't need to intervene, which leads to the next area, which is your identity. It's hard for a mother to find her own identity in motherhood because you spend so much time thinking about your child and what they need. You spend almost every conversation talking about your children and in time, you can actually lose a sense of your own identity. On top of that, we live in a culture that tells you who you need to be to be a good mother. It doesn't matter whether you live in Texas or London or the Cotswolds or a city in India or Africa. Your community has general expectations of what they believe is right and wrong. For example, you can feel pressure to breastfeed, to stay at home if you live in a community of moms that are homeschooling moms, or to return to work if most of the mothers in your community go back to work and continuously ask you when you will return to. Society also expects you to work like you don't have kids and parent like you don't work. And you can constantly feel like you're not doing a good enough job, whether a good enough job in your career or 
a good enough job at home. And this can really knock your confidence. Society also expects you to raise your children right for them to be intelligent, well-spoken, well-behaved, and be good members of society. And if you are experiencing challenges or maybe you have a spirited child that really does what they want to do, you can really start to doubt yourself as a mother and think that you're actually failing at this. I wish I knew that my identity would really go through a crisis. I wish that instead of people saying, oh, your whole life is gonna change, I wish I knew the detail because understanding this can help me think about, okay, I, I want to actually set aside time to think about my identity and shaping my identity. And I can actually shift the experience from thinking I've lost my identity to actually, now that I'm a new mom, I get to birth a new identity. I get to develop into the woman and mom I want to be. And simply experiencing that in a new way can be so much more fun and enjoyable. Or whether it's my relationship, you know, my husband and I can actually set aside time to talk through our fears, to talk through our concerns in advance, and also to create a safe space to talk about all the things that are coming up for us, as opposed to being sleep deprived, being stressed out, and then kind of being reactive to the energy we're bringing into the conversation, but instead, instead being proactive about how we want to support each other through these changes. This sounds like a lot. It might sound like a negative rant on all the things that can go wrong since being a mom, but actually it's the information I wish I knew because I would have realized that all the things I was struggling with were firstly normal, and secondly, part of the wider birthing process of being a mother. If you don't know, giving birth comes with contractions and you don't know how it will feel to give birth. Giving birth can be the shock of your life. I mean, can you imagine giving birth without knowing anything? It would make giving birth so much more scary, more difficult, and actually really risky. But if you know what to expect, and if you know that contractions are to come, and you know that this is normal and this is good, and you perhaps decide to do hypnobirthing, uh, and you decide to choose a birth plan that feels good, you're able to move through the birth process with much more grace and confidence, and the best case scenario is that the birth is an incredible experience, but the worst case scenario is that you actually had the tools to cope with all the stresses and the pains and all the things that were out of your control. Either way, at the end of the birth process, you feel grateful that you had the ability to prepare for and make the changes that you were experiencing easier. And you can enjoy the experience after birth a bit more because you will have experienced less birth trauma. Now, we understand this about birth. And what I'm trying to say is that this is similar for every other aspect of your life because you are birthing a new relationship. You are birthing a new identity. You are birthing a new financial situation. You are birthing um, a new body physically. And being able to know what 
the contractions are and what the pains look like and how to heal yourself and support yourself can really, really help through that process. And it, it can actually feel less traumatic and feel less overwhelming. Now, I hope this episode has been helpful to you in some way. And if you are a mom listening to this, I hope you know that everything that you've experienced, and I mean everything, absolutely everything you have experienced is perfectly normal. It's what's expected. And even though every mom is different and all of the changes we, we may individually feel may be slightly different, I guarantee it. There is so much that we share in common that if you were to share your story or you were to share your experience, another mother would say, oh my God, I can relate. Yes, yes, yes. You know what it is? When you relate, you, you realize, oh my gosh, finally someone gets it. Finally someone gets me. And it's not that I was failing or motherhood sucks in general. It's that actually this is the challenging aspect and there are resources and tools to help me better navigate this. Now, I'm really passionate about creating the tools and the resources that will help you navigate this, which is why I'm so excited to build resources for you. And I will definitely let you know when they are live and available for you. And I will keep creating this podcast to hopefully give you little bits of information that can hopefully make being a mom more joyful for you. Anyways, that's it from this week's episode. I hope you found it useful. If you did, please give it a thumbs up if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube and subscribe, subscribe for more videos and please share this channel with a friend. Um, yeah, I'm so, so passionate that we as a community help as many mothers as we can because I know that you and your mom friends um, have experienced so many different things. And I just feel like if we collectively share what we know with other moms, then we collectively can enjoy our motherhood journey a lot more. So uh, please do share this with a friend, post it on Instagram or Facebook, text your friend if you found this episode helpful. Um, just in case they will find it helpful too. Um, and also, if you are listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please please do leave a review because every time you leave a review, it increases the likelihood of another mother discovering this podcast and hopefully um, being helpful to them in some way too. Um, I can't wait for next week's episode and I shall see you next week. All right, bye.